Hey, Alex, what's up? I've just been thinking about my favorite pieces of jewelry. Hmm. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about kind of a tradition in my family for the women is to have bangles given as gifts at different times. Like for me, I have got bangles for significant birthdays, like 16th birthday or graduation. It's also tradition to give bangles to like a mother right after birth. And um, is that like a Portuguese thing? Well, yeah, it's it's part of like my family's culture because it's on my mom's side. More Guyanese. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I remember on a night, like if we had a babysitter and my parents went out, that I wouldn't fully fall asleep and I would always listen for the jingle of my mom's bangles and then I I knew they were home. And so I just always, when I was little, I couldn't wait until I had enough bangles so that like I would jingle too. Oh, I love that. I would say a significant piece for me. Well, first off, I love jewelry. I love accessorizing. I have like my own separate drawers for earrings and rings because I had just choose every day and I pick every morning what I'm going to wear. But I remember when I moved back from Abu Dhabi, there was two things I really wanted. And one of them was this one piece that I bought in the mountains. And it's just a kind of tear shaped moonstone that I bought for myself for my 30th birthday. And it's like a gold band and it had just a moonstone, which is also my birthstone for June. And I really love that piece. And I was like, out of everything that gets left behind, I want that back. So I think that one is just a really significant piece I bought myself. I like it. It was a gift for myself. And yeah, I would say that's my one of my favorite pieces. I think you also have to tell us what was the out of the two things, what was the other thing you really wanted? <laughs> do you know? I do. You just have to say it because everyone's wondering. <laughs> it was my retainer. <laughs> All about that great smile. <laughs> I actually was like, I need that back because I can't get a new mold because my teeth were so out of line after seven months of it sitting over there in Abu Dhabi. Oh my so goodness. I, I want to also let you know I'm happily reunited with my retainer and my smile is straight yet again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, this was a perfect WhatsApp because we have... An awesome guest today, Mike Lawler of Lawler Jewelry in Stetler. And he is talking not only about his business of love and jewelry making and custom designs, but he showcases a lot about his family and his wife. And we were so appreciative of all the time and effort and vulnerability he offered in this episode. So tune in and listen to his great advice along the way. And the business of love. Yeah. And I like after our interview, he said, I hope this turns into a good interview. And I said to Amy, I think he represented everything. Like he was so on brand for like the energy that we want in a podcast. So it's totally worth a listen. And exactly what we're talking about when we're saying like finding like-minded people in small towns. And that's what's up. Here we go. Well, welcome to today's episode. We're so excited to welcome a local celebrity, Mike Lawler. He is raised in the community of Settler, moved away and came back to help run a family business here, Lawler's Jewelry, right down on Main Street. He is a family man. He is uh, married to a wonderful woman and has three boys. And he has also been featured in Canada's Jeweler Magazine in 2017, showcasing his work 
in the industry for cutting edge custom art, jewelry, and design. So Mike, we're so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to jump on the podcast with you girls today. (laughs) Yeah, we're excited to have you. So we're going to start with our standard question. Let's have Amy answer it first. What's the most small town thing about you, Amy? (laughs) This one's controversial to Alex because she is a firm believer on zero trespassing, like especially when it comes to the great outdoors and wilderness. I'm like, trespassing, it's so minor. Like if most of the time I'm just walking around and going for a beautiful walk. So... (laughs) I'm sorry. I, I like don't think it's the worst thing in the world. A little low-key trespass and never hurt anyone, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I think. I really do. But what about you, Alex? I was in horse for age growing up. And not everyone knows this, but uh, they call me horse girl when they find out. But yes, I had a horse and I did the whole 4-H thing. I mean, more importantly, can you French braid? Uh, horse's tail, yes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Man, well, this one's a tough one for me to answer. You know, when I look back at uh, my whole life growing up in a small town, I was so opposite of small town in every way. You know, I never really fit in here. The small town thing about me was when I uh, moved back into the city and uh, was making friends out there, I'd always introduce myself as Mike Lawler. You know, like you grow up, everyone knows each other, everyone knows each other's families. So your last name means something when you introduce yourself to someone in a small town. But in the city, everyone kind of laughed at me. They're like, why are you introducing yourself as Mike Lawler? You're just Mike. That's fine. That's enough. My friend uh, would always say, because we would be in the city, if something happened like that, we'd be like, oh, our small town is showing. Like, yeah. That's what he would always say. Just that's remind so- me I'm from Stetler again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like speaking of growing up in Stetler, I always think about this because I didn't return to my small town. I just kind of went to another similar small town. What was it like growing up in Stetler and then returning as an adult? You know, I think that's kind of like one of the most interesting questions because as a young individual, when I graduated, I was out of here. I was moving. Like if I could have moved that day of graduation, I would have. Um, You know, I couldn't get out soon enough. I only got as far away as Red Deer to start, you know, but I have to spread my wings. I got to get out of here. I got to go see the world. And it's not like I even got to travel. I just wanted to go out and blaze my own path and kind of, you know, make forge my own trail, if you will. Um, So, you know, when I was making the choice with Alexis uh, to move back to Stetler, it was in a pretty pivotal moment for us. You know, we were looking at um, Nathaniel going into grade one. We're trying to decide what school should he go to in the city? What are all these schools ratings? You know, what's it going to cost to live in these neighborhoods? And, you know, and we were talking about the small town life and it just happened to be at a crucial uh, moment in my parents' business where they were looking for someone to come on full time. I mean, my parents had been doing this for, you know, nearly 20 years and, and just we're getting to that stage where they needed someone to start this, the transition of taking over. Um, otherwise, what were they continuing to do it for? And, uh, you know, when the when the decision kind of fell in our lap of, you know, picking a career path with the current stage of where I was headed um, and having to shift our lives entirely or choosing to shift our lives and move back to the small town, that was kind of the beautiful part about it was it was choice-based. It was like one of those, like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it for our family. It's going to bring about these positive things. We're going to be able to live a little bit of a small town kind of paced life. And uh, it was kind of a beautiful moment for us because, you know, I consciously, like, it is one moment in my life where it was ultimately the decision of what was best for the family, no longer what was best for one of us. You know, it, it's awesome. It's it's a great place to live and it's a wonderful place to raise a family and, and joining the parents company was just, you know, it was the right choice at the time and, and it allowed us to kind of get to the stage we're at today with our family and our business. Okay. Well, you already mentioned Alexis in there. So now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious. 
did you do a cool custom design ring for her? Because that is your line of work. It is funny, right? You know, and I get asked this all the time. I went super traditional with her engagement ring. You know, um, I had some heritage in the industry. Obviously, my father and my grandfather both worked in the industry, along with my aunt and a few other pieces of the family were also in in the industry too. But uh, with Alexis' engagement ring, it, it was. Uh, it was important to me to have a Canadian diamond in it. You know, that was kind of one oh. of the big factors and, and dad helped me kind of mom helped me kind of get the right diamond. And, uh, you know, really when I went to it, I honestly look at her engagement ring now and kind of go, this couldn't be more classical. This couldn't be more traditional. Like, but I also had no experience in this, right? Like we're talking about a kid who was selling skateboards and t-shirts and snowboards, and now he's working with diamonds and jewelry. And you know, I had no idea what I was doing, you know? So the really thing that I love about it is like, I wouldn't change it. I love her ring. I love how classical it is. You know, we've been married for, for coming on eight years now. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it, it's still a ring that'll never date itself. So no, I didn't, I didn't design anything super wild and crazy. If I did it again, yeah, probably I would, but uh, I'm glad with the classical choice I went with. I know how talented and skilled of a designer you are personally and firsthand, but what work are you the most proud of that you've created so far as a jeweler? Ooh, that's a tough one. I've never been comfortable saying like, this is my favorite piece because every time I think I'm like, Oh God, I've really outdone myself. This piece is amazing. Um, I have to say probably just my, my proudest creation is just of lol or love, you know? And, and like part of it came from like, I I've been designing for nearly, I think it's a decade this year, you know, like it's kind of, it's kind of wild to think of how fast the time goes by. Um, but there's been so many amazing pieces of, you know, created nearly 2000 pieces at this point. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where over the years of building and creating and designing, um, I really fell in love with it and, and just the creation and, and seeing people enjoy those pieces. But the proudest thing I've ever created is probably my Lawler Love line. And I can't even pinpoint it yes. to one piece, but just the whole line itself. Um, it stemmed from probably one of my darkest points in the industry and like toughest moments where I had uh, a falling out with a brand that I carried and, and uh, it pushed me to a situation that I never found thought I would find myself in in the industry. Um, and it really pushed me to kind of just say, you know what? screw it. I'm doing this. I'm going to make my own line. I'm going to make my own jewelry. People love it when I'm building off these one of a kind pieces. Um, I can build pieces that people are going to enjoy and love and want to purchase for themselves or for their significant others. Um, and, you know, from that, from that dark time in the industry to kind of fast forward to where we are today, um, you know, with a full blown engagement line, with a, with a full blown selection of men's ring, with, with our expansion into the fine jewelry collection um, and with the rate it's growing at, it's, it's so humbling. It's so amazing to kind of be like, yeah, this is our baby. We created it. So Lawler Love has to be my answer on that, you know, 100%. I am also going to have to agree completely with that. Because <laughs> I know your love. My, yeah, I know your love. My my wish list in his on your guys' website is literally everything but one piece that it belongs to your store that you've created yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I am a huge, like, I was, like, talking about your line today because I was on the phone this morning with my sister. I emailed the link twice today, <laughs> um, already promoting the line. So it's amazing. No, I appreciate I that. I really like that. Yeah. I, honestly, I think, I think, I know you're in the new stages of that, but I really see a takeoff It's there. It's going to be amazing to see where that growth will come from. You know, like, uh, this, this started from humble beginnings of me creating a couple pieces for my showcase that I entered into a design competition and 
and fortunately got no results because that taught me to kind of get back up from from when you fall down. And, you know, taking that inspiration from, you know, the store around me, my staff that I work with, particularly Alexis. I mean, that girl has high fashion taste, you know, like it's great to have her be like, you know what? I need this sort of piece of jewelry. And it's like, oh, well, why don't we make it then? And we create it for our jewelry line and then other people love it too. So, you know, it's kind of cool having her be the, uh, uh, honestly, the creator behind a lot of these people these pieces you know a lot of the uh creative inspiration i call her the creative director because honestly i'm just kind of the guy who makes the jewelry (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i do do the design work she's got all the creative thoughts (laughs) that's awesome where um just out of curiosity where are most of your customers from is it mostly local or are you pulling from all over oh i'm i mean obviously local for sure but no like i mean north america entirely like we've I've shipped pieces all over. I mean, we we shipped a piece last year out to Sweden um, and I've uh, done a piece cool. out to Africa. I mean, it's really cool to see kind of where where you can reach to with the internet today. And I mean, particularly like when you experienced the two month close down of last year and we were like, we're not allowed to go into our business and unlock it. Like, what are we going to do? And you just find ways to do business, you know, and, and we've been really, really pushing our strong with social media and it's allowed us to reach out to so many people. So, you know, I would say there's there's no doubt there's the first and foremost place that we serve is Stellar. Like that's where we are. That's where our roots are. We love this town and we love supporting it and we love serving it. It's just kind of wild. Like, I mean, you know, we, we put a map up in our store. Um, and just kind of every time we get like a new little order from a, a different place that we're creating pieces for, we, we like put a little pin in it. Cause I just kind of said, like, it, it humbles you. It reminds yourself, like, you know, just when you think you're a big deal, you look at that map and you kind of go, there's so many more places to work with, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Stellar, Stellar's our core, but it's very cool to see the reach outwards too. You are a business built on the foundation of love and relationships so thinking back through your history in this industry, what's what's the most romantic uh, story you've ever encountered oh assisting with? I have heard so many good ones. God, it's it's hard. Like, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. We deal with love every day. And like, there are some beautiful moments we have shared with clients. It's not like you can say like, this is the most romantic moment ever. Like, you know, I, I think the <laughs> coolest part about it is like being surrounded by it all the time being surrounded by engagements, uh, couples who are in love, like people who've been married for 60 years, 70 years and buying each other anniversary gifts. Um, it really teaches you and reminds you that like love is a thing that you are always working on. And and it's a thing that has always got the ability to grow. And like, it's kind of been amazing how awesome it's made our relationship, mine Alexis's, you know, like uh, it, it forces us to try new things. It forces us to kind of go like, Hey, like, that's a great idea. I love what that couple did. Let's do that too. You know? And like, you know, just take from the best of everything that way too. And I also think too, like, it's easy to talk about, you know, engagements and couples too, but there's so many, when I was walking around the store too, like there's so many great pieces of even buying jewelry for your children yeah. and pieces for your family members and like little great pieces. There was one section where I was like, and this is like the team section, <laughs> yeah. like when somebody graduates yeah. and I was like pointing out sections in the store. Oh, to my for mom. sure. Absolutely. And, yeah. and and you're right. I mean, like, you know, the, the coolest moments of love that I find in like are the ones that like reach into the, the family history um, and, and like kind of the way that these traditions form, you know, like in, in my family, every boy, when you turn 18 gets your initial ring done in diamonds, uh, you know, before my grandfather passed, he basically said to me like, okay, this is your role now. Like, this is your job. You need to make this 
just kind of going forward for each of your boys as they reach these ages. And we've already created the rings. He wanted to be involved with that process. But as the next generation comes from them, that will be a part of my responsibility. And like those, those heritage pieces, those pieces that mean a lot to a family, uh, it's amazing to see how much that sentimental value is there too. So Amy is like a lot more knowledgeable about your store and everything inside of it. And Mike, you and I talked the other day on the phone. Yeah. And honestly, and I don't, I can't even pinpoint exactly what you said, but I was like, you have my business for life in just how you said, because we were talking about how jewelry isn't just for like man to woman and yeah. how there's so many different makeups of love, of family, of relationships. And the way, the way that you explained it and your image of Lawler's was just so open-minded. So can you tell me a little bit? about that, how you project that like really positive image. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the funniest part is right. Like, I don't think it's complicated. Like it's, it's such a simple thing, you know, really when we stand back and look at love, love is love. That's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, really when it comes down to it, what someone's individual definition of what that love means to them, well, that's what it means to them. And that's completely fine. You know, like, you know, we, over my years and, and like, honestly, literally thousands of pieces I've created, you know, rings for, um, so many different couples and, and so many different types of couples. And like the biggest thing that I've always said, like one of the, one of the highest compliments I could ever have held to me was like a, a gentleman who came in and was purchasing a ring. And so of course we were looking at engagement rings and kind of, you know, politely uh, mentioned to me that he was looking at a band instead and instantly I understood what he meant you know it wasn't like uh, oh oh what do you mean it's there's just no questioning it. it's like oh okay well then right over here we have the selection of what you're looking for and once he found exactly what he was looking for he was so grateful and he, and he, and he actually messaged me to kind of say like hey listen I appreciate that you just handled that so comfortably and and, and you know it feels awkward receiving a compliment like that because it's like well, of course, like who wouldn't handle this in that way? Um, and I know, I know that's not the case everywhere, but you know, inclusivity is like such a big thing for us. Like really when it comes down to it, um, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be those uh, gender stereotypes out there. Um, and, and all we can do is work to slowly erase them because I mean, you know, it's not one of those things that, uh, that we believe is important, you know, really at the end of the day, who you're loving and, and why you're loving them you know, that that's your business. And that's really one of those things where it's like, you know, we're just here to serve. And if we can help find a way to facilitate that love, um, that's all we're here for. And that's what fills our hearts. You know, it's kind of cool to see um, all the different couples kind of getting engaged and going through these different pivotal moments in their lives and, and you know, and, and celebrating it along with them too. I, I just love that because I think even as myself, I don't have a partner now, but thinking into the future, because not everybody does react the way you're reacting. Yeah. To yep. like a same-sex couple looking for something, that's like a that's a big deal for some people. Yeah, absolutely, so, for sure. And and yeah. like the the weird part to me is like you know you see the stores out there that like advertise and promote and like you know are really big on like hey this is what we do. Um, you know we've always been the ones to say like hey we'll do it with everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter you know your choice of gender. It doesn't matter that you're you know your choice of who you love. Like we're just happy to do it with everyone. And it's it's just as simple as that. You know like. I think that's the that's the part that's so maddening about our society is that they just like to overcomplicate these things. It's just it's just such a simple topic. Well yeah. said. I love that you just made it. It's it so is. Simple. Yeah, it doesn't and, need to be hard. Well, I know for some of our followers and listeners, um, love can often be romanticized. I feel like even at times for some of my friends who are single, I'm like, 
hey, stay off social media today. It's Valentine's. <laughs> Valentine's or, hey, stay off social media. <laughs> like, stay off social media. It's New Year's Eve. Um, and it, so sometimes love can be really romanticized and like in people's faces. But can you talk about your own relationship as a father and a married man and how you've overcome adversity together, both moving um, back to your town, raising a family and and running a business together. Yeah, I think, well. I mean, that's kind of one of the big, biggest and coolest things um, about kind of Alexis and I is that like, you know, really we come from like, I mean, it couldn't be more opposite backgrounds. And uh, I, it does bring about a beautiful blend to our relationship, you know, like kind of the cool part about it is like, so she's she's a family of immigration. Her father was from Chile and uh, and she grew up in the kind of Chilean community in Edmonton there. And I'm obviously the, the the son of two white parents who are, you know, still happily married and run their business together and couldn't live a more stereotypical life that way. But kind of the cool part about it is that like, you know, going forward in our relationship, who we were when we entered our relationship is like 180 degrees different from who we are now. And I think that's kind of the funny thing going into a marriage. I think everyone has that pre-exposed definition of like what marriage is, what your relationship is, what it means to you, what the father's role is, what the mother's role is. What Alexis pushed me to figure out real fast is that like, just because that was the role of your family in the past, it doesn't mean that's the role of our family going forward. And learning that those those roles are, are things that we can expand upon and grow with. And, and you know, that's a beautiful part. Like she's never, ever forced me to grow but her growth has inspired me to grow with her, you know? And that's, and that's, I think the right way to do it. You know, when you try to bang someone's head against a wall and go change your ways, it'll never work. You know, like that's not how you get someone to change their behavior, their, their habits, their activities. Um, you know, but when I saw her working out and getting active and doing all these things, I was like, man, I've got some bad habits in my life. I got to cut these out. You know, like maybe I should join in. Maybe I should find ways to be more positive. And, you know, like even, even in the last, you know, in 2020, one of our best decisions we made that we said this of 2020 was signing up for good food. We have this food delivered every <laughs> every week. It's these amazing meals. I am the first to admit that going into that year, I did not know how to cook. I was uh, I was the kid who grew up, you know, like, okay, mom cooked the meals. Dad came home after a long day of work. I was just a kid who showed up at the supper table, you know? So uh, my parents taught me or at least tried, but I just wasn't very receptive to it at that time. And having that kind of moment when, you know, Alexis and I started working together of like, okay, we work together all day, every day. We get home, we're together all night. We get up, we do the same thing over again. We need to find ways to kind of balance these things and shift our perspectives at different times in our life. And, you know, kind of a, alongside that ordering the good food in, we said, okay, when we go to work, we're work wife, work husband. We did that up in Edmonton. We worked together in a very interesting scenario up there as well. Um, but really it was kind of fun to say like, when we get home, we're going to cook this amazing meal. We won't have to think about it and plan it because who wants to make a decision after you've done a whole day of running a business and making all the decisions on the fly that are super crucial. No one wants to decide what to eat and we will cook and we'll discuss our day, talk about the shop, talk about the things. And when we serve that supper table and everyone comes and sits down, it's done. We don't talk about work after that, you know, and that's, it's, it's important, you know, like, I mean, as a couple working together as young entrepreneurs, you have to find a way to shut off work and, and just have a relationship outside of work too. So, so her kind of like idea about like, Hey, listen, we could do this. Not only did I learn to cook and I'm much better at that now too, but also it's, I mean, it's gave us a healthy like work life balance too, which is awesome. 
We're definitely going to take yeah. good food and yeah. do a shout out. I was just going to say, please sponsor us <laughs> good oh, food. Oh, man, I would kill for a sponsorship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know how expensive it is to feed three boys? I mean, we got teenager, toddler, but oh. baby, and I swear to God, my baby eats as much as my teenager does, you know? <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> But I do have to say, like, as your guys' friend as well, and I've seen your pictures and see you tra- both transform. Like, the word being transformative has really stood out as your pairing as a couple. You know, even seeing your flashback photos, like, you guys were quite young when you oh, first got we together. Were babies. And if you look, <laughs> yeah, you look back, you really grew up together. You really had those transformative years of changing and growing and adapting. And you guys still push each other. And I think that's why you're one of my favorite. Oh, I appreciate that. I town. appreciate it. You know, like, yeah, I, I can't take most of the credit for that, you know, and I think that comes as no surprise to many people who do know us. Like, you know, when Alexis, I jokingly say found me, I was a young <laughs> skater who just moved up to the city and, you know, was living in a closet, a literal closet with a mattress that slumped against the wall, didn't even lay flat in the oh room <laughs> and had nothing but cans of beans. And, you know, the first time she came over to my place, which was me and like, I think 11 other people in the house, um, you know, she kind of was like, so you live with me now. <laughs> and, and, you know, from that moment going forward, you know, the amazing part about it is, is like that growth and that uh, journey that we've been on together has just been so amazing. And I mean, like it's, it's been amazing, you know, as a father, uh, it's been amazing as a human and it's been amazing as a man too, like to kind of stand back and kind of go like, wow, like where I thought I was, which was, you know, a young, successful individual who was supporting himself and living on his own, which I mean, it's a different definition for everyone of like being young and successful, right? But to where we are now as a couple who are married. And I mean, that's the thing, like, I mean, I was just looking up at our, uh, you know, our board here, which is like our mantra for the different things for the next year kind of coming up. Um, and when I see the vision board, like I look at it, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, there's a lot of that stuff on there that like inspires me, pushes me forward. Podcasting is one of them. And, you know, but a, a lot of that activity, you know, there. like the, the running, the being active, um, the being a role model, the, the doing the dad life, right? Like, I mean, that's so much push from Alexis. So it's so nice to have that kind of partnership. Um, and that's what we've said too, for a long time is that like, you can never forget that like being married is like a partnership. It is, it's, it's just like doing business together, except for like, you're in the relationship of love and like never letting yourself stop loving each other. You know, that's important. Date night is a must. You know, we, we try out different things. We have this like adventure date book that we're doing so that we can kind of like, okay, kids, it's date night. Like we're going, we're doing this and we're having this time to have this fun. Cause that's important for me, for my boys growing up to see, um, you know, at, 15 for Nate at, you know, five for Seth at three for Brody, like see their parents still in love and still doing these things. That's such a huge part. It's time for jar of questions. Hey, just a reminder, you can always be writing in. We had someone email us a ton of questions, which we love to have a full jar of questions. This one says, if you had one extra life, would you live your life more recklessly? Oh, like if you knew you always just had this like yeah. one extra life in your pocket, like a free, like a free die kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Die and come back. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like I what kind of thing? So. Like maybe like jumping into a waterfall or doing something like really, really, I don't know. I, I don't know what, I don't know what I would do, but like you definitely live that first round very recklessly. I think if you knew you got like, a reset at any point you got to pull the plug and then redo all over again. That's a cool idea. 
I mean, I thought of it, so thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was like, who wrote this? This is my question. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I think for me, when I was thinking about it, I'm such a cautious person that I think if we all had like one extra life, I think some people would be like, you know what? Like I have this reckless life. I can do it up until I die. For me, I'm like the opposite. I would like always bank it in case of an emergency situation. Like uh, like a bacterial disease or a virus or something. <laughs> okay, like... Well, I was thinking more like a car accident, like okay. things that you can't necessarily control. Um, just so, keep it in your pocket kind of thing. Yeah, just to know that I have it. I think I would live my life the same. And just have a little less, like, worry in the back of my mind because it's, like, I got one go. Oh, I think I'm totally, like, I would live up my, like, 17 to, like, 24. I would just be wild, 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 do everything, go everywhere, like, just live it. And then, like, yep, like, I'm good. Redo. Oh, my gosh. I This is why I love because... You and I just always have a different answer because I like no, Amy. That's not like that's not. That's what not you what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to save it in case of emergency. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I guess we turn it to our followers. Yeah, and listeners is what would you do? Would you yeah. be an Alex or an Amy? Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> the way you just put that. We should like put that as a poll. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our episode, and thanks again to Mike Lawler for being on our show. As much as we talked about good food on this episode, we can assure you that we're not sponsored by them. However, immediately following the episode, I renewed my account, so I hope we're sponsored by them someday soon.